we've been starting to do like a daily support indie film challenge where it's basically search the hashtag, pick five filmmakers that are using it and retweet. Right. And the the snowball effect is that, you know, on Sundays especially, because we call it support indie film Sunday, but we do it every day and we think everyone should do it every day. Yeah is just retweet a couple people. I mean, even if you're campaigning yourself, the idea of social media, and a lot of people don't get it, is social media is not about tooting your own horn. Social media is about being social. So if I retweet you, you retweet me. Right. And it's the old fashioned adage of, if I scratch your back, you scratch my back. You're collecting fans with every job you do. No matter how big or small that job is, you're collecting fans on social media. And this can really pay off in the long run. We're a documentary I like to think of like a wake. You know, you, you have an idea, you know, you have a thesis you're going to try to go with, the research, the content, but but you let the content take you where it's going to go. And it's like you really try to kind of ride that wave into something that's going to take you to be a good steward to the content. I had, or I still have, a massive crash, a massive celebrity crash. Uh-oh. On, oh, and... <laughs> Well, apart from you, Max. I'm oh, wait, hold right on. Now, but oh. that's a different story. Oh, my. Whoa, whoa. Oh, my. <laughs> We're going to pause this session, folks, and we'll be back <laughs> later. No, sorry. That's, that's on another show. But, yeah, apart from that. <laughs> uh, God, you're blushing over here. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a massive crush on. And welcome to the Cinema After Dark podcast. My name is Max Cole, and I'm the host and producer of this show and i am broadcasting from the entertainment capital of the world sunny los angeles california it is a rainy day here in los angeles and i'm listening to that wonderful sound of the rain hitting the window but the moonlight is upon us thanks so much for joining me on this broadcast tonight i want to remind all of you that you can listen to all of the episodes of this podcast if you subscribe to us in itunes you can also find us on Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play. Remember, if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on this show, make sure you reach out to me via the contact link on our website over at cinemaafterdark.com. This makes you have some skin in the game prior to reaching out. That's our only requirement. And by skin in the game, you just need to have a few credits under your belt. We certainly value that for credibility. I also strongly encourage you to follow us on Twitter at Cinema After Dark for the latest show updates. I want to remind everyone listening that this is an information and discussion-based show. We do not censor ourselves, and we sure the hell do not censor our guests, so please keep in mind that the views and opinions expressed on this show may not reflect the views and opinions of the host. We've got a wonderful guest tonight, a man that I happened to cross paths with a couple years ago. What a wonderful time it was. His name is Bill Ostroff, and he is the CEO and the founder of the First Glance Film Festival. And for those unfamiliar with Mr. Ostroff, in addition to producing a bi-coastal film festival, both in Los Angeles and Philadelphia, he also hosts Show Us Your Short Screenings, a web series playoff, and so much more. I do consider him to be the godfather of the hashtag support indie film, which has truly revolutionized the way we market independent film on Twitter. I am very excited to share this discussion with all of you because Bill is certainly a hard man to catch, but it's a treat to have him on the program. 
first-time listeners and long-time listeners. This is that part of the show where I ask that you make that fresh batch of popcorn. Sit back, relax, and get comfortable while you listen to tonight's guest. He is finally here, a man that I swear never sleeps. I mean, it always seems like you're working, sir, but it is certainly a pleasure to have you on the podcast here, sort of impromptu, Bill, uh, your heart fell at a catch. Oh, sorry. <laughs> he woke me. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> well... <laughs> I, I snooze in between podcasts, I guess. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. I uh, I tell you what, you're uh, somebody who literally, I think, is working around the clock. It'll be like 4 a.m. and I'll see a tweet or retweet from you or something going on. And uh, our listeners may not be aware of this, Bill, but I actually met you back in 2014. And I have to thank you again because... You selected a film I wrote and directed titled Alone at Midnight, which screened at the uh, Jump Cut Cafe here in Studio City. And I remember uh, it was just a wonderful time. I remember having a great time meeting some cool people and uh, also enjoyed the uh, Q&A session. And it's a very uh, cool cafe and it was one hell of an experience. I believe that place closed a little while back. But yeah, it was some pretty cool setup you had there. And I just wanted to say thank you for extending that you know particular opportunity for the uh, show us your shorts segment was a fantastic opportunity so uh, we had crossed paths before and go figure several years later well three years later really you know I uh, having an opportunity to discuss uh, the wonderful things that you're doing on my podcast and I, I really appreciate that opportunity so I appreciate both opportunities sir so it's a pleasure to have you on the show of course no problem you know we're uh we're sad to see Jump Cut Cafe go, but we're working with a couple of companies in LA to hopefully bring back Show Us Your Shorts on a monthly basis again. So, uh, you know, we just keep on keeping on. Oh, that's awesome. That's really, really awesome. Now, gosh, let's, and I know you're probably pressed for time. So, you know, let's jump right into it. I'd love to give our listeners some context. Would you mind sharing, you know, where you were born and raised and how you got started? In the industry, but also, you know, how you transitioned into a really creating a film festival. Sure, sure. I was born a couple of years ago. That explains it. You are a, uh, an AI. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. In a, in a large tower in New York. <laughs> I originally had orange hair. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That's... <laughs> Donald Trump. Oh, no. Uh, I, um, I, I come from Philadelphia. Uh, it's a very, very small town on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. Maybe known for cheesesteaks and soft pretzels. And oh, yes. Penn State University. Anyone hear that? Yeah, they probably have. <laughs> I was a, uh, I, I went to college at Penn State for a couple years, and then I moved back to the city and went to Temple University. One of the things that I noticed in college was that being a filmmaker in college uh, was quite daunting, especially when you would show your stuff to quote unquote artists right. uh, and teachers who were artists. And they would look at your stuff and be like, oh, that's interesting. But check out this flower in bloom from 
Joe Smith. Look how much yeah. look at the beauty in it. I'm like, but I'm trying to make like really cool, interesting commercial film. Right. So at the time, there was really only one festival in Philadelphia, and it was called the Festival of World Cinema, which really only showed foreign films and they brought them all to Philly and it was sort of sort of like Philadelphia's only film festival mm, yeah so when I was in college I was in a started a theater company with three theater friends of mine and I was the film guy and we were only doing theater musical theater producing some small stuff and I'm like well why don't we have a film festival and we all sat down one night at like two o'clock in the morning and we we're like, what are we going to call it? And I was like, well, you know, I, uh, Sundance is, is Sundance and I would love to have something that sort of sounds like it or feels like it or rhymes with it or something. I came up with first glance and I immediately said, oh, my God, I should, you know, get the dot com for this. And it was available. And I was like, all right, well, then I guess maybe it's fate. And we started a website and with $300 of my own money, wow. uh, used the same basement cabaret theater in Philadelphia in the Bourse building. I don't think the Bourse building exists anymore, yeah. but First Glance does. Right. And <laughs> we had a little thing. We rented televisions and, and for one room and we rented a, a projector for another room. And this is back in the day when filmmakers would deliver me their product on this thing called celluloid yeah <laughs> and in 35 and in 16 and we had beta sp we had like six different yep. uh, things that we had to hook up just to show this film festival <laughs> i decided that i would put three of my projects in and then the other 27 would be from filmmakers around town because at that time the internet was young and there really wasn't the sort of reach that we now have with social media. So right. basically, First Glance was born before social media. It was born before the Internet was really useful for right. anything besides pornography. <laughs> which so was not, a good use, which is a good use. Knock, yeah, not to knock pornography or, right. or, or Al Gore. Uh, <laughs> uh, I invented you know, the Internet. Sorry, I had to. We were, we were a <laughs> grassroots film festival. We were... Philadelphia's independent film festival. Yeah. So, you know, we had a little event. It was like a Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday. Showed 30 films. And I was like, all right, I was happy. I made back my money. And, you know, that was that. Yeah. And then I would start to receive emails and phone calls on our, you know, 1-800 number. Not really 1-800, but um, <laughs> our, uh, our, our purchased hotline. Right. And uh, <laughs> People were asking when the next one was, and there was never a plan for a next one. I just wanted people to be able to see a couple of my projects along with some other Philadelphia projects. Right, right. I guess jump cut to 20 years later. Yeah, yeah, because we're talking like way back. Journey started in 1996. Uh -huh. oh, goodness gracious, that's crazy. I mean, yeah, internet, probably, what, I don't even know if cell phones were even... Uh, uh, no, pagers. Yeah. Um, goodness. Pagers, uh, Betacam SP was the big technology back then. Yeah. That's there was no such thing as digital editing yet. We were, people were still mostly editing on Steambecks and Moviolas. Right, right. Yeah. People were still driving around in foot-pedaled cars. Right. <laughs> and we ate dinosaur meat. So it was, <laughs> it was pretty crazy back then. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but 20 years later, you know, this year marks the 20th year I've been producing film festivals. 
Yeah, it's incredible. So you can see by my hairline if you could see. <laughs> but it's been amazing. Yeah. I, I'm watching. I'm watching technology change. I'm watching convergence of everything. I'm watching uh, filmmakers uh, become, you know, legitimate uh, directors. And I'm I'm seeing people that were in our festival 10 years ago coming back and, and reentering new projects. Right. Right. It's, it's amazing to me that yes, we still are, uh, you know, even though if you do searches on film freeway or without a box, you will see other quote unquote independent film festivals in Philadelphia. We are the first, we are the only, we are the best. Uh, I, don't mean, I don't mean to pat myself on the back, but, no, but um, you should. Yeah. It's, it's a hell of an we, accomplishment. We've been through a lot of stuff and we've been through a lot of growth and we've rebranded and, you know, there's been a lot of stuff that's gone on over 20 years that has changed what film festivals are, the way filmmakers look at film festivals. So there's, there's been a lot of, a lot of growing pains, but I think that we're, we're getting over that as well. And, you know, with year 20 coming in Philly and, you know, we're, we're prepping for 17 in LA, Right. I think, and I hope we're here to stay as a legitimate contender in, in the real indie film festival. Right. Um, right. You know, I, I don't claim us to be the next Sundance cause we're not, we don't want to be Sundance slam dance. Maybe would be nice. <laughs> um, right. But you know, we, we, uh, we look for every Avenue we can to expand. That's awesome. Let me give our listeners some context here. Cause this is a festival that was created by a filmmaker, film enthusiast, which I think is also special and unique. Uh, you're just not some some uh, bozo with a business degree who's like, you know, let me create a film festival. This is someone who has had some skin in the game prior to really, I believe, understands films and indie film and what indie filmmakers are all about. And some of our listeners may not be aware of this, but, you know, it's one of the largest growing independent film festivals, as you said, in Philadelphia and also in Los Angeles. As you said, you're celebrating your 20th years uh, 17 here in in uh, los angeles your festival has been named five times as one of the best festival investments and 50 film festivals worth the entry fee by movie maker magazine time magazine even wrote an article titled one of the festivals for the rest of us which is outstanding first and foremost congratulations on your success and you should give yourself a pat on the back because that's no small feat and also i can only imagine the number of films you've watched and the work that's gone into all of it, but yet it's quite remarkable. And I'd love to talk about programming for a bit, if you don't mind. I mean, in your opinion, what makes a good story and what types of stories does your festival accept from a, a submission standpoint? Wow. Um, <laughs> let's see. Yeah. So I think over the years we've obviously matured a bit, but I've always been a film enthusiast. I love movies of every genre. And when First Glance started, I didn't want to make it a specific film festival. I mean, I know, you know, that you, you have, you know, your Asian film festivals, your Jewish film festivals, your horror film festivals, your... I wanted mine to be open to all indie filmmakers. And, and when I say indie filmmakers, I don't mean the, the term that Hollywood has coined as indie films, but... <laughs> like indie films that are coming out of your own pocket and you're kickstartering and you're asking, you know, your mom for her inheritance to make your movie and, you know, things that aren't 
touched by the big studios. Right, right. Most of the stuff that we program is usually a million and under when it comes to a feature. And short films, I mean, we've shown stuff with budgets of zero. I mean, I know, obviously, I mean, you know, there's there's no such thing as zero. But yeah. I look at it as, I mean, I've, I've watched, and I know this is going to be hard to believe, I watch every single film that's entered into our film festivals. That's awesome. I think I then, I then siphon them down. I then siphon them down to a screening committee that watches the stuff that gets by me. I've watched probably 18,000 independent films. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. So awesome. you, you can imagine what my weekends are like. <laughs> a lot of popcorn. That's a lot of popcorn <laughs> there, Bill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I program stuff that. I want to watch right, uh, right. stuff that I think from the many years of experience and expertise that audiences want to watch. Uh, I, I think that just looking at about the last eight to 10 years of our, just of the features that have screened at first glance, I would say 97% of them, you will be able to find that they, they receive distribution. That's um, fantastic. Wow. Some of them theatrical, some of them art house theatrical. Most of them have played on like the Showtime Cinemax right. movie channel. You'll find them there. And now with like the, the advent of like subscription VOD, VOD and, you know, these sort of multi-channel online networks, almost 100% of our features are ending up with distribution of some sort, which is, I think, a testament to the quality of film that we show and to the opportunity that we provide for filmmakers. Right, right. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's cool that you lay your eyes on these films first, and then they go to uh, your panel. I think that creates a, a different set of standards. And obviously, as you said, you know, given the success of um, many of the filmmakers that have come through your festival, you certainly have an eye for it. And uh, there's a certain uh, level of quality that you obviously uh want to see in your festival as a certain standard of quality and standard of excellence and I, I think that's very important for festivals you know you're selecting really the the best of the best and taking into consideration the resources that uh some filmmakers have going into the festival and uh, it's kind of an open uh, opportunity for those that have the zero you know dollar budget and those that have that lovely one million dollar a budget to make a movie but i think with your festival one of the things that sticks out is you are really focused on story and uh you know the the presentation of a good story and that leads me to my next question really what in your opinion makes a good story though you know is is there anything that uh, sticks out in your mind that uh, kind of a pseudo for me because it really isn't one but i know there's certain things that stick out as as, as a good story yeah i mean it's, it's probably a combination of lots of things you know being that i've watched so much and i have such experience in in watching independently produced films the story is something that touches a, a viewer in some way or another yeah uh, I think that a lot of filmmakers and I, you know, I, I don't look, I give kudos and I try to every year to anyone who makes a film from beginning to end and has the balls to get it out there right. in the world. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're not all going to make film festivals. Not every film festival is the same. The advent of the Internet has created some what I would say some offshoot 
markets called non-screening award shows, which are all over the place. And they're not really shows and they're not really film festivals. And to me, I've always felt that uh, story is important because we're going to show this to audiences. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you can go to, you know, you can go to the film freeways and the without a boxes of a world. And as a filmmaker, you can get a hundred different laurels if you want from these, these non-screening award shows, but that doesn't technically make you an award-winning filmmaker. Right. Right. And it needs to be seen by audiences. It, it needs to be reviewed by reviewers. It, it needs to see the light of day. And what makes, you know, it's interesting. There's, there's this, this thing in my brain, I guess, from watching so many films. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, anyone can make a film, but not everyone can make a movie. Right. And a movie to me is a, is a beginning, middle or an end. And it doesn't have to be linear either, but there needs to be a story and to be a good storyteller. You need to be a good director. You need to have good actors. You need to think about things like sound, which is one of the things that I tell filmmakers every single year. Uh, If, if you have even an inkling of a budget, pay a sound guy, right? You need, you need, especially when, you're shooting on and look, it doesn't matter what you shoot on, shoot on a, on an iPhone, shoot on a DSLR, shoot on a red, shoot on yeah. whatever. To me, it doesn't matter. The story matters. The sound is so important because for us, we're putting these films in legitimate theater spaces, right? Some, you know, Dolby sound, some with surround sound. If, if you're going to shoot at the beach, you know, you better make sure I don't hear waves over the voices because if that's the case, it's not going to play well in a theater. Right. Yeah. A lot of times filmmakers get so caught up in the cameras that they use. They forget about sound or, you know, it's, it's not all about that. First of all, you got to tell a good damn story, no matter what you're using, if you're using a damn iPhone. But mm. secondly, you've got to make sure that sound is correct. Because as you said, if you're playing it in the, the theater, that's, you can, it's going to stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah. So well, sound, will, sound will kill you every time. Right. Yeah. And, and when people say fix it in post, if you don't get good dialogue, you cannot fix it in post. Right. You're screwed from yeah, the jump. There. That's the most important part of the film. If it doesn't sound good, if, if you can't hear the actors, you know, what's the point in the first place? By the way, your festival accepts short films, feature films, documentaries, music videos, shorts too, animated shorts, student shorts, think trailers, web uh, series pilots, et cetera, et cetera. Folks can certainly take a look at your website, which kind of outlines the types of submissions or, or just submit and uh, yeah. discover the types of um, entries that you uh, uh, are, are looking at there. Now, approximately how many films do you typically program at each festival? I know that's a hard number to quantify, but roughly. Uh, yeah, roughly. I mean, roughly it's like 30 to 40 that will screen in the theater. Nice. And then we have a, a short online companion uh, where we, we invite between 20 and 40 shorts to compete online for a month and the winner of that then gets premiered in the next festival so we we were trying to find ways of getting more content out there 
The problem, of course, with having a physical event is you do have, you know, you do have a specific amount of time. And it's it's really, you know, I would love to be able to make first glance a 10 day event. Right. right. But, you know, <laughs> we are we are an out of pocket film festival. Yeah. We don't have major sponsorship. We don't have banks. We're not you know, we're not Tribeca. We are not South by Southwest. We're not Sundance. We're not even the Philadelphia Film Festival, which basically sort of stole their name from us and bullied us into changing up. <laughs> Jeez. That's well, funny. You know, that's what happens when you have a corporation coming after an individual. Jeez. I mean, I can't, fight, I can't fight a company that, that has $5 million in corporate sponsorship. Right. Jeez. So, you know, we had to, you know, sort of rejigger our name a little bit. So mm -hmm. we used to be first glance Philadelphia Film Festival. And when Philadelphia Film Festival, which was the Festival of World Cinema, and still claims to be the oldest Philadelphia Film Festival, even though we are, <laughs> had us change our name. So we became first glance Film Festival Philadelphia. Mm. But if, if you if you really Google back, you can see that we we have been Philadelphia Film Festival since 1996. Right. Right. And the quote unquote big event has really only been Philadelphia Film Festival for like six years. Wow. So, That's uh, fascinating. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know. Yeah. Is there anything that filmmakers can do to increase their odds of being selected in one of your festivals? They can clean my apartment. <laughs> That's, a, that's probably a lot of, uh, a lot of DVD, a lot of Blu-rays and uh, DVDs there. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit of a little bit of dust, maybe. <laughs> but uh, yeah. can, you know, it's really it's it's that's a tough question because yeah. here's the thing: we get I, 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 probably as many entries as we get a year. We get half that amount in waiver requests. Mm, interesting. We are not a big festival. Yeah, I am an ethical director. And I always feel like, I mean, I understand people with financial difficulties personally, you know, I get them sometimes too. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you have good years, you have bad years. I work in the film industry. It happens. Right. So I totally get it. But from the very beginning, I've always said that if you're paying $40 as a filmmaker to get into our festival and you're getting a screen that's a hundred to 200 seats and you're getting, you know, at least in the last five years, you're getting unparalleled social media from us. Yeah. It's worth $40. Oh, hell yeah. And I try to explain to filmmakers that if I waive their fee, then ethically, I have to waive everyone's fee that asks. Right. Mm -hmm. Because that's the way it should be. I, yeah. I, I don't want to pick and choose. So, you know, our thing is like, you know, well, here's the thing. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a four-time alumni. Ask my alumni. They know. <laughs> Ask my friends. Hey, Bill, we'd love to get into the film festival. Great. Send me over your stuff. Pay the submission fee. Right, right. We're friends. I'm like, yeah, I understand that. But there's, you know, 500 other people that paid. Yeah. And it's not fair to me and it's not fair to them that if you do get selected by the screening committee that you didn't pay. And, and I understand the idea and that, that there's sort of this, I'm trying to think, there's sort of a, a backlash, I think. And I, I've read it in Movie Maker and I've read it in others about, you know, filmmakers that are like, I spent all this money on entry fees and mm, I didn't get yeah. it. And I'm like, well, first off, you know, as, as a group of film festivals, 
everyone is run differently and they're all run by different people, companies, corporations, whatever. We're, you know, we're a very small company uh, and it's just, it's something that, that, that we don't do. Right. And right. If, if you're a filmmaker that's just looking for laurels, there's plenty of, you know, just laurel opportunities for, for your film. You just yeah. look all over without a box and film freeway. There's plenty of them where, you know, you don't know who you're being looked at by, you don't even know if your film is being looked at. Right. And then you're told, Hey, you won an award and an honorable mention of blah, 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 fest. And here's your laurels, but there's no physical event. There's no physical anything. And to me, it's, it's sort of, you know, it's delegitimizing the film festivals. Right. Right. And it's a conversation that I've had on the phone with the owner of film freeway, because when film freeway first started, you only had two choices as a filmmaker, you had film festival or screenplay competition. Right. Mm-hmm. I remember that. And I mm-hmm. had a very long conversation with them. And I said, listen, you need to let filmmakers know that there are hundreds of events here on your site that don't have actual physical screening. Right. That right. they're only spending their 50 or 60 or $70 in hopes of getting a laurel, which it's, you know, I've been in the business for a very long time. There, It's very very similar to the tellies. Do you know what the tellies are? Oh, yeah. 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 yeah the tellies are buy your own award, basically. Right. So you spend your $70 for the tellies, and then six months later, they say, oh, you won. And if you want this award, it's $150, and we'll send it to you. But you've spent 200 and whatever, almost $300 for a piece of glass. And, <laughs> and who watched it? Who, yeah, nobody nobody watched it. Yeah. Watched it. There was no physical screening. Right. You weren't invited to an event where you sat in a theater and watched your movie. And I think that that's really something that needed to be done. And and Film Freeway actually did, which yeah. is great. So now you do know the difference. Oh yes, it's it's changed. Thankfully. Yeah, and it's it's something that I've worked very hard on because like I I don't want people to think that we're just a hey enter we're going to give you a best of you know right. because we're a money making machine we're yeah. not. Right. You know, we're a twice a year event with a venue that that we spend thousands of dollars on for filmmakers. And, and, and the fact of the matter is, is, if it wasn't for filmmakers, I wouldn't have this event. Right. Right. It's a great point. You know, uh, too. and it's thanks to them making great films that we're able to continue to grow, that we're able to continue to make first glance what it is. And, you know, in the future, will we grow into a slam dance? I would love that. Right. I mean, mm-hmm you imagine 2,500 entries? God, it'd be awesome. Insanity. You know, screen in a coffee shop? You'd have to be cloned several times, though, I believe. Yeah, that'd be a, the no small fee. You would definitely have to be cloned. <laughs> well, we, we, we are. We are. I mean, <laughs> but it's interesting what has happened with the internet, because before the internet, like, you know, for you to be a film festival, you had to have a film festival. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting how that is... Uh, changing one of the things that's cool is that you do offer a variety of um you know prize packages awards things of that nature would you mind discussing the types of you know packages workshops and events that you do offer for those that are accepted into the you know, the, uh, the physical festival well i mean in most cases we're i guess me being a theater purist and someone who really enjoys watching movies in theaters is you know we we try to create the best atmosphere we can we do have after parties and uh you know red carpet yeah press event and we do have networking but we do the networking at the parties right because you know honestly 
and I, I hate to say it, but uh, over the, the first few years that we did Q and A's, it was, you know, 30 or 45 minutes of people chatting with filmmakers. And it was, it was basically the same eight or 10 questions over and over and over again. And it yeah. was, it was sort of a time waste hmm, interesting, yeah. for us to be, for us to be able to show more movies. So hmm, mm-hmm. the, the concept changed where it's like, we just want to show as many great indie films as we can. And we'll let people know that the directors are here and we'll let people know that they can, you know, chat with them one-on-one in a more personal space right? at an after party, mm-hmm. you know, throughout the years we've, you know, worked at workshops here and there. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes, again, they pull people from your screenings. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we, we try to create as best of a movie going experience as we can. Right. And, mm-hmm. and the great part about it is that every screening is interactive. So the people in the audience are voting on the films. Yeah, that's awesome. And we are tallying the votes to create the winners. So, you know, you do have the best of in every category voted on by the audience. And you have the best of the fest, which is the one film that does obviously the best. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they win, they win a, a prize package. The value changes dependent on, you know, the location that we're in. And, but, you know, it's a combination of products and services and software and, you know, companies like Sony and Entertainment Partners and Movie Magic and Gorilla and Beach Tech and oh, good. oh my God, there's so many of them. Yeah. You know, and it changes, you know, changes off and on. Right. Dependent. But, you know, our goal is, you know, the distribution too. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, filmmakers always ask, oh, you know, what distributors are coming and blah, 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 blah. And in most cases in, in LA, distributors don't tell you they're coming. Yeah. Because they don't want to be inundated. They're coming for a certain film or they're coming to see a certain director. Mm, yeah. They don't normally tell folks. They tell us not to say anything. But, you know, we do have a pretty decent distribution network of four or five companies that, you know, now that everything is online and accessible through the film freeway or the without a box, you know, we can show that stuff to them ahead of time. Right, right. So they already have sort of a look at stuff. And I think that uh, that in one way, technology has, has enabled us to get in touch with uh, distributors much easier than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of them aren't interested in, in watching stuff in a theater anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Because there's, there is that experience. And I understand, you know, yay, well, what about Sundance and blah, blah. But, you know, Sundance isn't a film festival. Sundance is a film event where, you know, 60 feature films get to you know, talk to the press about, oh, got distribution, even though distribution was already set up in September, October of the year before. And they're just using this as a giant press junket. We are a film festival. I mean, we are, we are not a preview event. We take pride in the product that we screen. If the stuff ends up on theater screens, uh, that's even better. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that between the physical event and the online short contest and the fact that we are, true supporters of indie film and yeah. when if anyone doubts that then you know look at our twitter right right we're going to talk about that in a bit too because i definitely want to discuss that and the influence that you've had in just the, the independent film community in general it's quite uh, profound to say the least one of the things that's great about your festival is that and that you value shorts i'm a you know short filmmaker myself and i i something that sticks out to me you have the uh short online contest that you uh spoke about and uh you do think that there will be a uh a show us your shorts uh again soon it's really cool 
we're we're trying. We're tr- well. The, the goal is to do it in both cities. The hard part is to find venues that are willing to grow with us. Yeah. You know, you get that thing where it's just like you know, hey, let's have one and see how it goes. And you know, if the venue's not extraordinarily excited about it, they're like, well, you know. And I'm like, well, you know, give it some time. Right. I mean, everything right. takes time to grow. I mean, it's you know, it's it's one of those things where it's only going to grow by word of mouth because that's, that's the way those kind of events work. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, you know, it's, it's also having a venue that is uh, open and willing to have it as well as one that can sort of co-support it. Um, and by support, I don't mean money. I just mean yeah. an owner of a space that's like, oh, this is a really good, good idea. Yeah. You know, let's try it for a year and see right. what happens. Not let's try it once and see what happens. Right. Right. Jeez, it's like seems like a win-win situation for most you know, venues. Oh well, yeah, kind of, yeah. I you, mean, you would think. You know, yeah, because when we added a jump cut, he was really happy with with the turnout, and yeah, uh, you know, he was. We were looking forward to doing them on a monthly basis, but then, you know, things yeah, happen. Things happen. The, the venue closed down. So <laughs> right, right, right. Now I want to go back to networking for a second here because I think that's something that filmmakers and actors and people in general just you know, kind of struggle with. And I think it's also a little bit challenging to do during a festival because everything's kind of jam packed. You know, you have a tight schedule, you're worrying about your guests and all those other things that go with the old festival experience. Do you have any advice or like pointers that you would like to share that can help folks maximize their experiences at a festival? Because it's, it's tricky. It's tricky, but if you know how to do it, yeah. And I'm going to give you a a quick, seven minute quickie sort of how to do it. Oh, awesome. As soon as you come up with the idea for your film and the name of your film, buy the com. get on Facebook, get on Twitter, get on Instagram, start to build your network from the very beginning of the thought process. Because as an independent filmmaker and as an independent film festival, what we found is some of the most successful filmmakers are the ones that know how to use social media. So when you get to these events and you're networking, people already know you by your handle, by your online presence. They've been to your Facebook page. They've chatted with you on Twitter. They've seen your Instagram photos from on set when you're in production. Uh, start early. Don't think that opening up your Twitter account when you get into your first film festival is going to do you any good. Right. I mean, it will down the road, but it takes a good six to eight months to a year for people to notice you online, create a brand for your product, whatever the film is, find your niche, find your audience. You need to do work and you you need to market. Right. Mm-hmm. I know it's expensive. Think about it. If you're doing a Kickstarter or Indiegogo or Seed and Spark or whatever it is that you're doing, and that's not a sponsored pun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. when, you're, you know, when you're crowdfunding, think about after you shoot the marketing. There's, you know, you do need to have some money for that. And when I say marketing, I'm not talking about hiring some giant publicity company or anything like that. It's kind of simple. You want people to know when your film is screening, where it's screening, and a little bit about it. So you can do things like go get business cards, postcards, mini posters, and just hand that stuff out. Right. Talk to people. Mm-hmm. You'll find that there's going to be a whole bunch of other filmmakers doing exactly the same thing. And that's how you begin your networking is like as soon as you have cards, then those cards are what you start 
you know, after the weekend's over is like, hey, you know, we met at first glance, you know, was just checking in to see, you know, what you're doing next, where you're going, because we've had lots of filmmakers and actors and producers that come into our festivals. And then after our festivals, we find out they're working together. Right. By the way, that's a great point, too, because. I myself can personally attest to that. I've met so many people at film festivals that I've ended up working with or collaborated with or just had a great conversation with. So please continue. It's just a great point. It's so important to recognize that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Because the fact of the matter is, is not every festival is going to delineate you as a filmmaker. Right. Mm-hmm. So that we do something special. And, you know, most I think most festivals do is that as a filmmaker for our festival, you get a filmmaker badge, which allows you access to the entire festival. Also, you know, people know you have a badge around your neck. So at least they'd be like, oh, what do you do? Right. All right. I'm the filmmaker. What's your film? This is my film. I've also seen filmmakers do crazy stuff. I mean, there's filmmakers that have done genre films that, you know, that they have people dress up or you know, they have really cool t-shirts, you know, they create street teams with friends. I mean, there's lots of things that you can do in the quote unquote grassroots marketing. You also need to let people know and, and sending out a small email to friends and family doesn't always work. Right. So if you have that social network already built and you have 5,000 followers amongst your stuff, you know, to fill a hundred seat theater might not be a hard thing. Oh, good point. Right. That's another thing I think people struggle on is how do you fill those seats? And again, it goes back to everything you've just said about uh, building your brand and network from the beginning. And before you even get the accounts going, you've already got to start thinking about that. How can you target people? How can you expand your reach and uh, get people interested in, in what's going on? Anything else yeah. that you'd like to add? Well, I think if you have a genre film, especially like the horror, sci fi, fantasy, things like that. There are plenty of bloggers and plenty of reviewers and, you know, just look around on the internet. There's plenty of reviews you can get prior to your festival run. Right. Right. Because good reviews will also, I mean, it's just like anything else. A good review will, could catapult you into a festival. Mm, Good point. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily the truth, but I mean, you know, I have a friend, his name is Scott Mance. You may see his name all over movies. Yeah. He is a good friend of mine. We grew up together and that's what he does for a living is that he goes and watches movies and, you know, comes up with a great pun or a great quote. And if he loves the movie, there's the possibility that that his quote will lead you to go watch a movie. Right, right. And here's the thing. To me, a good review is probably better than, you know, oh, I won a best ensemble cast from the blah de blah awards. Yeah. To me, unless it's a legitimate awards and there's very few of them when it comes to indie film. However, you know, it's something in our, in our sites we've been, uh, I mean, if you're not aware, we, uh, we basically helped manage the film threat campaign last year. Yeah. Yeah. And we helped raise almost $60,000 for Chris. Oh, that's awesome. And one of the things that we're planning is next year, potentially to do the film threat awards, mm. which would be for indie films under a million dollars, Nice. which would mean legitimate independent films would be getting legitimate independent awards because quite honestly, the spirit awards are not independent. They're the baby Oscars. True. Yeah. 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 So I think that I think that there's something that needs to be done there as well is that Hollywood has basically stolen the indie film sort of title. Yeah. And when somebody says, oh, this is an indie film and it's a 15 million dollar movie. Right. With Chris Pine and, you know, blah, blah, blah in it. It's like that's not an independent film. Right. Right. 
you know, great point. It was distributed by Sony or whatever. So that's not independent. Yeah. An independent film is again, you know, you take a second mortgage out on your house and yep. you know, you beg, borrow and steal to make your movie. That's right. an independent film. Right. So our hopes are, is that, uh, down the road that we can create something that will really legitimize and celebrate, I guess, what we consider true indie film. I love that. And I know listeners of this podcast, oh God, that's like music to their ears because it's so necessary, sir. It's, it's such a necessary thing. So, um, gosh, Godspeed with that because that would be fantastic. Gosh, you know, to kind of switch gears here in a second, but have you started accepting submissions uh, in Philly? Uh, no. Okay, uh, soon. Right? Philly will probably start. I mean, um, uh, because it's our 20th year, we're probably going to do an expanded call for entries for 20 weeks. Awesome. Usually we just do a three month, but I think we're going to do 20 weeks and we may do a like a special $20 entry fee for like the first 20 days or something in that. Don't quote me. Well, you are quoting me. <laughs> I'm quoting me. Uh, something, something like that for shorts especially, and probably double that for features, maybe 40 to start. Awesome. So we're probably going to do something like that. We're looking into a bigger event for the 20th. We're looking into the city doing some stuff with us, the film office, maybe doing sort of a retrospective of some of our best films that have come through first glance over the 20 years. Mm, And we're thinking about doing some, what are the best, you know, also sort of like peppering in with, uh, some of the best films that were shot in Philly, you know, since, since Philly. All right. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're looking into it. It's, it's all going to depend on a lot of factors. We have to see how supportive the film office is going to be. But, you know, again, we're, we're hoping to do something a little bit bigger, more films, more nights, more screenings, more opportunities. So, yeah, I mean, it's it, 20 years is big. Yeah, it's fantastic. You know, we may, yeah. we may embark on a Kickstarter campaign just to raise some additional funds to help us in the expansion. Oh, great. Uh, great. I mean, I think, I think, you know, doing, doing 20 years and, you know, as of the call for entries, it'll be our, what, 37th film festival. Wow. You know, I think that we may have some, you know, public support out there globally. I mean, we are an international film festival. Right. Mm -hmm. Do accept films from all over the globe, you know, and space. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't received anything from space yet. Uh, Soon, soon. Yeah, soon, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, and, and I think that it's interesting to talk about as well, the international thing. Yeah. You know, filmmakers, I think, especially young filmmakers get fooled sometimes by film festivals that, you know, let's just say, okay, we're the Poughkeepsie International Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Like, what is exactly, what does that mean exactly? Yeah. And just because it's a lot of words doesn't mean it's a bigger festival. Right. And I think that like filmmakers should really do their due diligence. And look, I mean, even if they do their due diligence and decide that eh, first glance isn't what I want to do, well, that's fine with us. You know, there's plenty of filmmakers that do. Yeah. Do your due diligence as a filmmaker. I mean, if you want to be screened, make sure that you read into these events because I know a lot of filmmakers that have been scammed unbelievably right. by film festival that says they're a film festival and they're only an award show or they end up just being an online event where their films are going to be on YouTube. I mean, that's the worst thing that you could possibly do. I totally agree. Um, Right. Why would you even think about, you know, putting your film in a space 
where not only could it be on YouTube and uploaded by another company, but also be out there for three or four weeks easily being, and again, short films technically don't get pirated, but the fact that it's going to be out there for everyone to see, I mean, unless that's your goal, but you know, as a filmmaker myself, yeah. the last thing I would want to do is put my stuff on YouTube immediately. Yeah, exactly. No other film festival is going to be that. Oh, you're on YouTube already. No, thanks. Yep. Yep. Exactly. That's such a great point right there. A couple of great points actually there as well, yeah, sir. Up on tangents, I think sometimes. Oh no, this is great stuff. This is really, really helpful and insightful feedback here. So I'm, I really appreciate you uh, sharing this. Do you have a couple more minutes? Because I, I do yeah. want to discuss marketing for a minute. If you, if you, yeah, have... yeah. okay, cool. First of all, well, before we talk about marketing, I know the uh, the deadline, the extended deadline, has passed. I believe it was January 10th, around that time for yeah. the uh, Los Angeles. Are you still accepting waivers? No. Okay. Good to know. And uh, Philly is upcoming, but yes, um, Philly will be very soon. I'm thinking maybe March. Awesome. Yeah. So, folks, uh, definitely you know check out the website, and which we'll, we'll plug here at the end if you don't already know that website. But we'll plug that here at the end. But check out the uh, website and uh, the Twitter feed. My God, I think it's fantastic for finding out everything about this uh, wonderful festival. But also, let's talk about marketing and promotion and your Twitter feed for that matter. Gosh. Obviously, you are a major supporter of independent film. So let's talk about the hashtag support indie film. I, okay. man, you are doing some amazing things with this. In fact, I think you actually, I consider you to be the creator of this hashtag. I don't know if that's quote unquote the, the oh, truth. That is, that's 100% factual. Wonderful, because... I tell you what, I think it was that hashtag that caught my eye several years ago, and it really connected me with, oh, God, I mean, thousands of people mm -hmm. on Twitter. Thousands. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. it, is, it is amazing what you are doing. So first of all, great concept uh, in, in, in terms of marketing and promotion and support of independent films. That's something as a filmmaker that I only appreciate, but I probably echo our listeners in saying thank you for creating that hashtag and for making it as valuable as it is and i really want to talk about that for a minute because like what was the genesis of that was that just like you know a random idea because it's a hashtag that you use in your tweets and suggest that others use in their tweets and their profiles um yep. uh, let's talk about that for a moment because uh, yeah. I, it's just a, a fascinating and valuable tool and yeah. uh, I'd love to talk about the importance of it and the genesis of this. Well, we were, let's see, we were quick on to Twitter back when it started because I thought that it would be a really good tool to have conversation because I always felt that like Facebook was, Facebook was good, yeah. but Facebook was sort of like kid book, cat book and show people what you ate book. Right, and, right. Um, a lot of cat pictures on Facebook. Yeah, exactly. That. exactly. <laughs> and now it's just become like, you know, hate Trump book. Yeah. But, oh uh, you know. Facebook was was an opportunity for us to build a community. And when we started seeing Facebook play these algorithm games, we were like, you know what, let's, you know, let's get onto Twitter and, and, and see what it's got. Mm. Uh, we were on Twitter pretty early. And uh, then we had uh, read a story in a, a, like Mashable or something like that, where, uh, you know, Twitter is going to start hashtags. And I'm like, what, what is a hashtag? 
And I don't think anybody knew what a hashtag was back then. Yeah. And it was like, you know, put a number sign in front of a word and it becomes a hashtag. Okay, great. Well, what does that do for anybody? So I did a little bit of research and I was looking at it. I was like, wow, you know, people start tracking stuff by hashtags. Mm -hmm. And I noticed people were using filmmaking and indie film. But I also noticed indie film was sort of very generic. And I was sitting with a couple friends of mine and I'm like, I'm going to start a hashtag. We're a film festival. We support indie film and I'm going to see what happens. And it just started on a whim and I just started using it periodically. And I noticed that the engagement on our Twitter account, every time we use support indie film, would rise. Yeah. So I was like, wow, this is this is great. And then I started noticing other people using it consistently. And I was like, you know what? This is a great idea. The more people that adopt support indie film, mm -hmm. the more people spread and it becomes a snowball. Right. Now, if you do a search on Google for support indie film, you will find probably tens of thousands of people on Twitter that use it. Oh, it's insane. And not only do tens of thousands of people use it, but one of the things that we do is we say to people, hey, if you put support indie film in your profile description, we'll then tweet you out to our 44,000 followers. Right, right. Can I interject here? Because yeah, this oh, is, this is awesome. You tweeted this out earlier today. I mean, you've reached 776,747 accounts reached with this hashtag. Over 1,300,000 plus ongoing impressions. Uh, that is one hell of... Uh, I mean, that's, that's exposure at its finest. Oh, yeah. That's networking. And that's only... And that's only counted over the, the two hours yep. prior to that being taken. Right, right. So basically, it's, it's just a, a compilation of, between, of about 100 tweets over two hours. Yep. So that means that support any film probably reaches Whew. 10 or 20 million a day. Day. It's, it's insanity. Yeah. What's yeah. awesome about that, too, is that you are now creating an opportunity for uh, individuals that are interested in, in marketing or, or utilizing it to uh, kind of invest in that exposure. I believe you have like a ten dollar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We um, well, because, you know, I consider myself not just a social media user. Yeah. Uh, in in indie film, we're an influencer. Our clout score is usually around 70. That's awesome. And because of the way we use support indie film, and it's not just us touting ourselves. Either. Right, right. We go through that hashtag on a daily basis every single day, and we will retweet anyone with a film using it. Right. We've also noticed that other film festivals are starting to use it. Other PR companies are starting to use it. There's even people that have started to ha have support indie film as the title of their Twitter account. Right. <laughs> We're also noticing it's being used much more on Instagram. Mm -hmm. We notice that it's being used as a hashtag on Pinterest, and it's also being used on Facebook. Right. So it's becoming a revolution of what we believe is the true indie film revolution. Yeah. And, you know, there are people that, you know, we do, uh, we've been starting to do like a, a daily support indie film challenge where it's basically search the hashtag pick five filmmakers that are using it and retweet right and the the snowball effect is that you know on sundays especially because we do we, we call it support indie film sunday but we do it every day and we think everyone should do it every day yeah is just retweet a couple people i mean even if you're campaigning yourself the idea of social media 
and a lot of people don't get it, is social media is not about tooting your own horn. Social media is about being social. So if I retweet you, you retweet me. Right. And it's the it's the old fashioned adage of if I scratch your back, you scratch my back. Now, when people come to us and say, hey, you know, how can we promote better? I'm like, hey, we have, you know, some really cheap options that you can reach out to our followers. And the fact of the matter is, is that our followers are real. Right. I don't never bought any followers. We get rid of bullshit followers every day. We're very well cultivated and we're extremely engaged. And I would have to say of all the film festivals out there, and I'm talking about even the big ones, we probably have more more real followers than anybody out there. Oh, absolutely. Goodness gracious. And, and the engagement is insane. I mean, yeah. somebody... Anybody right now and anytime they listen to this podcast, they could go to our account and see the amount of engagement we get. Right. So here's uh, here's the idea that we came up with is like now that we have 44,000 people, you know, a retweet is nice. But what about an original tweet from us about your project? Yeah. So for 10 bucks, you're going to reach out to 40, 50. God knows how many people are going to retweet that. So, I mean, you may reach out to 100,000 people for 10 bucks. Right, right. That is a tremendous yeah. value. That's and then we have and then we have packages where, you know, it's a little bit more for a little bit more, you know, more opportunities. But the other thing is because I do consider myself a social media marketer and sort of a a community builder is, you know, we can help you take over your account for a period of time and basically become, you know, your social media manager. Wow. So, I mean, we can help you with that. I mean, it's like when I went, you know, when we started with Chris last year, and you know, we took over certain aspects of the social media to help him. Wow. And, you know, we, you know, we helped clean out the community. We helped get them more engaged. It's how we helped raise $60,000 for him. That's fantastic. You know? And yeah. then, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, is that over the last few years, we've used the support indie hashtag the support indie film hashtag at times when we found like a project that we were really passionate about, yeah. we'll reach out to other huge supporters. I mean, if you, if you look around uh, like Carolyn Samus and Skip mm. Bolton and yeah, Russell Southam, and right. there's, there's about 10 or 12 people that follow us and we're creating sort of this community of people that we can just reach out to and say, Hey, do me a favor, tweet about this. Right. Right. It's and your and your forty thousand goes to four hundred thousand. Yep. And you you're reaching more people on Twitter than you could possibly do in an impossible you know, it, it's an impossibility if you have twenty followers. It's amazing. It's it literally is amazing and something that is ongoing and is just fantastic for indie filmmakers and indie film enthusiasts. It is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful method of marketing promotion mm -hmm. yeah uh, it's a signal it's, boost it's yeah. a boost it's a boost that you couldn't do on your own but by using support indie film we can discover you so it becomes it becomes a discovery engine too so it, it, it there's really an opportunity for everyone to use it and be discovered by other people right and there's people that, you know, there's a lot of these crowdfunding sites now are using support indie film. Yeah. They're contacting us about it, you know, and the fact of the matter is, is, is that we've latched onto something, I think now more than ever with the, the talk of, you know, our new president scrapping the NEA, not that, you Jesus. know, the endowment for the arts have done much anyway. Really the, only, the only way of raising money for film is, is crowdfunding now. So right. 
you know, if support indie film, I mean, here's the funny part about it is that a couple of months back, mm-hmm. somebody emailed me and said, do you realize that in New Zealand at times the support indie film hashtag is in the top 10? Wow. Of I mean, I know, I know New Zealand is not a big country, but the fact that <laughs> the fact that it ends up in the top 10 hashtags, yeah, it's got to mean something. Oh, hell yeah. I think it's, you're one of the more legit and most legit for me personally hashtags out there because a lot of them are just trash. I mean, you're going to actually find serious filmmakers, film enthusiasts, actors, like really people that are connected to the independent film community that utilize this hashtag. It's not just the garbage hashtag that's thrown out there. Well, I also think that film funders are looking at it. Oh, yeah. Good point. They're looking at it going, you know, hey, what should we fund? Or, you know, even if it, look, even if it, if the hashtag gains you a few thousand dollars in additional Kickstarter monies or crowdfunding monies, I mean, it's what, 14 letters, right? (laughs) You know, (laughs) it doesn't, and it does, you know, and the fact of the matter is, is once you start putting in like SU, it's probably going to autofill anyway for you. So Mm -hmm. it's like, it's, it's a no brainer, you know, it, it doesn't cost you anything. There's, a shit ton of people. Oops. There's a shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're not censored. We're, yeah. we're uncensored. There are a shit ton. <laughs> that are using it and retweeting. You know, now we're just looking for ways to, you know, maybe brand it more. I mean, right. it's, and it's funny because it was a happy accident and it's becoming something where, you know, I've had companies like, oh, can we put support indie film on a t-shirt? And I'm thinking, hmm, hmm. maybe, maybe we should create a support indie film brand. Right. You know, stickers, hats, and T-shirts, and you know, I, I think that you know anybody listening that has like really good graphic skills because mine suck. <laughs> you know, I have my own graphics person that that does stuff for first glance. Yeah. But you know, if you can come up with a really cool idea, and a whole bunch of people are interested in buying T-shirts and and hats and stickers and and stuff, and that we could take part of the proceeds and actually invest that into uh, crowdfunding campaigns that we believe in. I think that would be huge. Oh, hell yeah. That, that'd be fantastic. It's so necessary. Oh, God. This hashtag is like, it's going to become like the bat logo for like Batman. It's I, I can see it in the sky yeah. <laughs> for yeah. over cities. It's just a fantastic hashtag that just, oh, God, I the reach is amazing and the network is amazing. And I personally have to thank you for really cultivating this and being so passionate about it over the years because, hell, I think even, you know what's funny about this, Bill? You know, we were at the... Uh, the show us your shorts at that cafe. I remember you even had a laptop there and I remember you showing me the reach of the hashtag or some, some type of um, analytics for it. And I was like, my God. So you were working even then. (laughs) Oh yeah. 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 I mean, even if you're crazy, even at the film festivals, it's like, you know, what's next here? You know, we, I, I'm try I try to give people an experience. You know, the thing is that, with most film festivals, they have their social media, and then once the festival's over, the, the social media goes down for eight, nine months yeah. until they're ready to rev up again. And I've always believed that First Glance Films is is an all-year thing. Right. And, and, and the issue that I also have is that, you know, when you read into, you know, social media usage and engagement, if you pull yourself off for two, three, four months... Mm-hmm people stop following you. People aren't interested in what you have to say anymore. And, you know, if you look at our tweets, most of our tweets are about other things. Yeah, they are. We're not always tooting our horn. I mean, I do know that, you know, when we get closer to the event, it sounds like we're tooting our own horn, but we're not. 
I just want people to come see movies. So it's like, if we got a great film, I want to show you what's coming. Right. Right. You know, if we have a trailer for a great film. Here's the trailer. Get your tickets. I mean, it's not necessarily us. It's the filmmaker. And that's what the filmmakers have to understand is that, yes, it may seem like we're promoting the hell out of first glance, but we're really promoting the hell out of your film. Yeah, you are. It's a, it's tremendous. Again, I, you know, and it, you may see 20 or 25 tweets a day as we as we rev up close to the festival. But of those 20, 25, they're saying, hey, come see Joe Smith's movie because it's effing awesome. Right. And you get your tickets now. And yep. and that's the thing is it's like we're promoting the film and the filmmaker. We're also using hashtags. We're also using a feature which we love on Twitter, which is, you know, if you put up media, especially a, like a movie poster, I can then attach 10 tags to that poster. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, a that's huge. A that's that's a huge additional engagement opportunity for filmmakers. Right. Something that they don't understand, I think, is. When you put that picture up, that gives you the 10 additional opportunities to hit whatever you want. Right. If you're going to be if you're going to be in L.A., hit the L.A. Times, hit the L.A. Weekly, hit the newspapers, hit the radio station, because they all have ads. They're all at something. Mm, good point. And mm -hmm. the fact of the matter is, is that's the way press works anymore. Half yeah. the time, the press that we get for our festivals, which is great, is through companies that we've met on Twitter, Film Fervor, Turnabout mm -hmm. Media. Film sprites. I yeah, mean, these sense. are these are amazing people that are also doing their own sort of PR, but in the cooperation of us and the support indie film hashtag, these people are, you know, finding that it that it works. Right. And mm -hmm. the reason it works is because the community is behind it. And yep. I think that is what social media is about. I totally agree. Well said, sir. That is the essence of social media right there. That should be the essence of, and really is the essence of, of the spirit of independent film in general. Yeah. And yeah. it really is. Well, it's the spirit of networking. Yeah. And if you're networking ahead of time, I mean, it's just, it's amazing the people that have discovered us on Twitter. And we believe, I mean, I believe just because, you know, I use it 24 <laughs> seven, there are more independent filmmakers on Twitter than on any other platform. Oh, absolutely. Totally agree. Yeah. Right. Right. And they're willing, and most of them are willing to engage. A lot of them don't exactly understand how to use it. And one of the things that I've been thinking about doing is potentially doing a, uh, a social media for filmmakers workshop. Yes. Maybe for twice a year. Yes. And showing people, you know, how to, how to really make it work for them. Because in the long run, when your film has done its festival run, there's one of two things that are going to happen to it. You're going to get some sort of legitimate distribution or you're going to say, fuck it. I'm going to put it on YouTube. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, uh, or the third or the third is it sits on a G drive. Somewhere yeah. And, and it never sees the light of day. Now, my yep. goal as a film festival is I want all of those films out there. Yeah. I don't necessarily want them on YouTube. Yeah. Maybe YouTube red where yeah, people can a, pay for them, yeah. which is another thing we've been trying to do is we've been trying, if, you know, if we can up our subscribership on YouTube to over a thousand, we can then offer uh, paid opportunities. Okay. Oh, so yeah. we're trying to, you know, build, and I get, and again, you know, you know, our YouTube is not filled with original content. It's filled mostly with like trailers mm -hmm. of films that are screening at our festivals, right. but you know, we're getting close to 800,000 views. Wow. So, I mean, it's a My huge, God. you know, when we, when we do have our film festival, when we tell filmmakers, hey, send us your trailer, don't send us a trailer link. Send us the trailer yeah. because we have 800,000 views. 
Wow. So chances are that as soon as we pop it up and we have almost a thousand subscribers is that, you know, almost a thousand people are going to see, Hey, first glance, just put up a new, you know, new content Yeah. where someone who just has a small, and that's the thing. I think that what we're trying to do is to cultivate the, the huge amount of numbers that we have to give opportunities for filmmakers that don't have oh, fascinating concept. Love that yeah. stuff. Get me all fired up here, Bill. Oh yeah. Well, Goodness I mean, that gracious. was a concept in the very, I mean, that was my concept from the very beginning is that, you know, when you have a whole bunch of people promoting the same thing at one time, yeah. it should balloon. Right. Right. My you know, God. so, God. you know, if you have something like support indie film and you have 30, 40, 50 people that are tweeting about it every single day, 10, 12, 15 times a day in their timeline, it creates a snowball and right. the snowball gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Good point. Now, we are approaching the end of the show, and I appreciate you staying as long as you have. This has been a wonderful discussion, very insightful. And I've got to do something here to you, Bill, that I, I yeah. fortunately I do to all of my guests that come on this show, and you either hate me for it or I don't know. I it's one of those things that I've got to ask for your permission for. Are you mm -hmm. ready? Are you ready for it? I mean, it's Just don't touch me. <laughs> well, I um. I'm going to give you a second. Let me just give you a second because, you know, this is something that I I need to give you some time to think about here for a second here while I listen to the rain outside. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, all right. Let me ask you again, Bill. Are you ready for this? I mean, this is something I, I have guess, to. I gosh, guess I am. I you, just, I am. you just jump right in. Okay, well. <laughs> Bill, this is the part of the show where I ask our guests to share a fun fact about themselves. Now, this isn't just any old fun fact, Bill. This is a fun fact that people don't know about you. So I'm going to switch it around and put the, the camera and the spotlight on you, sir. A fun fact that people don't know about you. And my gosh, the floor is yours. Wow. <laughs> A fun fact that people don't know about me. Um, okay. I was the youngest paperboy for the Bulletin newspaper in Philadelphia. What? I was 10 years old, and I talked them into hiring me because they wouldn't hire you unless you were 12. But wow. I sold them so hard that they hired me. And for three years, I was their top paperboy. What? That is awesome. What a cool fun fact. Mm -hmm. My goodness. Gosh. That crazy. That is awesome. Remember those? And that was back in the day. That was back yeah. in the day when you actually had to ride your bike filled with newspapers. Yeah. I remember. I actually remember doing that as a kid. That is awesome. What a cool. Yeah. Fun fact, I can only imagine how that was as a child. Like, do you miss oh my those God, things? Are you kidding? Yeah. You know, $50 a week? Yeah. 10 it, years old? Yeah, it's awesome. I'm from the other side of the state in Pittsburgh, so it's cool. Oh, okay. It's cool yeah. hearing that. That is an awesome fun Isn't that fact. crazy? Yeah. Wow. And I was the first, I was like the first 11-year-old to own his own television that he bought. <laughs> <laughs> that is very cool. Goodness yeah. gracious. Yeah. Oh, my. It was, uh, interesting. So there you go. Something most people don't know. That is an awesome fun fact. I appreciate you uh, sharing that with our uh, 
Yeah. Listeners, and, awesome. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's the reason I have such an entrepreneurial spirit. Funny, I was just about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> now, is there any advice that you would like to share with someone that might be listening to this broadcast who may want to make an indie film, or maybe they're debating whether they should submit their film to one of your festivals? Uh, maybe they don't have the confidence. You know, maybe they're just not there yet mentally. Is there any advice you would give that individual? Yeah, sure. I would say be proud of any film that you make from beginning to end. It's your film. It may not necessarily be festival worthy, Yeah. but it's your film and it's a starting point. It's like a writer. I mean, the first script you write is not going to be your best script. Right. And if it is, well, then call M. Night Shyamalan. And, <laughs> I mean, at M. Night, I heard Split did really well this weekend. Yeah, yeah. finally he's but, back. Uh, you know, your, your first is never going to be your best it's a trial if you think about it. It's like, it's a piece that's going to help you learn about what you need to do better the next time. Because really most people, their first movie is it's just something they want to do. They want to do it no matter what. They're very impatient about it. You know, when you get to be a little bit older, you have patience. It's like, you know, I want this to be good, but I know that I need $50,000 to make it. Right. Well, how am I going to make it for $50,000 if I don't have $50,000? Well, now there's avenues to do that. Back when I was young, it was like, you know, here's your 16 millimeter film, go shoot something, you have three weeks. So it may not necessarily be your best work. Again, one of my biggest things is sound. Make sure if you do have the extra money that, that you do that you do pay a sound guy because sound is a very important cog. You know, you don't need a great camera. You really don't. Right. But you do need great sound. I would also implore people to use real actors. Mm, yes. There's plenty of real actors out there. Yep. I understand that using your mom is cheaper, but <laughs> you know, your mom might not be an actor. Right. And it may come across that way too. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, invest in a little more time and prep because prep is very important when doing indie. Sometimes the more prep you do, the better your film's going to be because you're already prepared for things just in case they go wrong. Wow. And it, and I think that, you know, do your due diligence in entering film festivals. I know everybody wants to be in Sundance and Tribeca and South by Southwest and Con, but realize what you have before you start entering those very, very expensive festivals. Because some of them may not be right for your film. Right, right. Uh, I have people all the time, they're like, oh, you know, I, you know, we submitted this feature film to you and we, we you know, we really want to try to get into Sundance. And I'm like, well, you know, I, I, I just, from my experience, you're probably not going to get in, but, right. uh, you know, more power to you and, you know, congratulations if you do. But, you know, think about your audience. Think about the fact that sort of the mid-level film festivals they're all over the place. And, you know, you have potentially a much bigger opportunity to do a tour of film festivals with your film, because when you do stuff like Sundance and you do stuff like TIFF and you do stuff like South by Southwest, a lot of them force you into, quote unquote, this sort of like premiere status, mm, yeah. which means you can't play anywhere before yep. them. Mm -hmm. And they won't let you play anywhere after them for a couple of months. So, you know, what happens if you don't get in? Right. Then your film for the next six months is stuck in limbo. Yep, yep. You know, think about what you have. I mean, you know, and then, you know, do your due diligence. It's like, you know, if you want, if it's just about getting laurels on your box, huh. then, you know, submit it to all these silly award things that, you know, your film's technically never going to see the light of day. And, you know, you'll get some weird, you know, laurel that 
most legitimate film festivals will laugh at. And, you know, no offense, but it's unfortunate. They're, they're just popping up everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I've seen over the last couple of years, I've seen a lot. I mean, you know, they're in California and they're in San Diego and they're in Santa Barbara and they're in like, it's every city. Suddenly there's like, Hey, the blah, blah award. Honestly, I think it's the same company. It's interesting. Yeah. Because it all, the write-ups always seem to be the same. Oh, and right. It seems to be cookie cutter, but somebody's making a crap load of money off your entry fee and not working for it. Right. You know, at least be appreciative that like festivals like ours, there's at least a couple people looking at your movie. Yeah. And at some of them, I just think, you know, they probably go on film freeway and like, oh, look at this film. Oh, look, it's got Michael Madsen. All right. We'll give best actor to Michael Madsen. Right. You know? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because he's a name. And yep. then you know, they'll have laurels that say best actor and you know, yippee yahoo, realizing Michael Madsen is in every third movie. Yeah. At AF. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's, I mean, you know, just use your smarts. I mean, you know, as filmmakers, think about the direction you want your film to go. Right. You know, and I think it's important that you want it to be a calling card. And of course, you know, everybody wants awards and I get it, but at least look for legitimate opportunities. And I think that, that a lot of people are too quick to jump in and be like, oh, look, that show is in my town, so I'm sure I'll get in. Well, that's that's not necessarily true. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great you advice. Know, you know, and, and I would say that as a first-time filmmaker, you know, look for festivals that are over 10 years old. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because at least there's a track record. You know, a lot of these quote-unquote award shows don't give you, like, their annual, like, oh, how many years they've been around. It's just like the blah, blah awards. Yep. You know, okay. and if they say they've been in existence for 20 years, well, maybe that person has been in existence 20 years. Right. But <laughs> I mean, unless it's like the Spirit Awards or, you know, the Oscars, I mean, there aren't any real award shows that have been around for 20 years that aren't like Hollywood Awards. Right. Right. So, so true. you know, just be just be really careful, I think. Yeah. You know, don't waste your money, you know, because quite honestly, I mean, you could I mean, everybody's got Photoshop. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. You can just create, you can just create your own laurels. Yeah, you know? Jeez. Oh, I just won. I just won the Sherman Oaks Award. <laughs> good Lord. That's good I mean, and it is. It, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, even film festivals now have to do due diligence. I mean, I yeah. see somebody like I'm an award winning filmmaker and I and I go and I look at the awards and I'm like, these aren't awards. Right. Right. Yeah, it's, it's uh, just these are laurel made up laurels. And and it, it's. It sucks because I think that similar to these sort of the, the, the advent of the tellies and, you know, I, I still don't understand how those things still exist. There are people trying to make money off of filmmakers and then filmmakers don't have money for legitimate film festivals. Oh, and point. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, not entering those silly award shows uh, just to do them for a laurel, I think you're much better off having real legitimate people watch your movie. Mm -hmm. People that, are, that have screening committees, people like first glance where I actually watch everything. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, because you're not going to find too many film festivals with a film festival director that actually watches the movies. Yeah. Yeah. It's craziness. I think it's awesome. I yeah. really do. I mean, ask Robert Redford what the last movie he watched was. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> that sums it up I, right there. You know, I'm just saying, I mean, right, no, right. Like he, he created a great thing, but even he admits that Sundance isn't what Sundance, what he wanted Sundance to be. Yeah. yeah. You know, 
I appreciate him at least in in his years of, of of working on Sundance and making it a brand that he realizes that Sundance isn't what he had hoped it would be. That now Sundance is just a press opportunity. Very interesting stuff here, to say the least. And getting comes back to just doing due diligence. Just don't check Robert Redford. <laughs> 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 he might have me killed. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, good stuff. Well, sir, this has been a fantastic discussion. Before we wrap, websites, Twitter, Facebook, how could people stay up to date with each festival, really? Okay. Well, firstglancefilms.com is our website, and we update that pretty regularly. Twitter, we're at firstglancefilm, so with no S, I believe. Let me just uh, yeah, it is. Click, yeah, with click no a S. couple clickies. Yeah. yeah. And then Facebook, we are First Glance Film Fest. Uh, you can find us there. I think that's about it. Our YouTube, right. we're also, I think, First Glance Film Festivals. You can tell because our logo is on everything. We are quote unquote branded. Yeah. So you'll, you know, you, you know, just look for that same logo and you'll find us. And uh, you know, we uh, we're in LA and Philadelphia once a year as a big film festival. We're hoping to uh, start show us your shorts again, which is a much different concept. It's just sort of like a uh, open mic night for filmmakers. It's awesome. Uh, yeah. You know, bring your film, show it and chat about it and have a drink or a coffee or whatever, depending on where we are. You know, again, hoping that we'll soon uh, we'll soon be in spaces in L.A. and Philly. Nice. But, um, you know, we're just we're going to keep on keeping on until uh, my eyeballs pop out. <laughs> but Yeah. You, know, you support indie film in your in your tweets and you'll see that not only do we respond, but there's many others that will. And, you know, if you're crowdfunding a, a, an indie film or a web series that, um, you know, come to us for potential social media marketing help. Right. I am hireable, if yeah. that's even a word. <laughs> but I am hireable bigly. Right, right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, you know, take it from me. I'm, I'm someone who's watched close to 20,000 independent films and, you know, keep on keeping on. And we hope that First Glance becomes a force to be reckoned with. Uh, I love that. That is awesome. You um, are a unique fellow. It's awesome that you are available for folks. I think sometimes, you know, the, the festival programmers and creators often fly under radar. And it's cool that you are available and are so hands-on about your festival. And, and I think it's also to be commended, you know, your support and, and everything that you've done to help support indie filmmakers. Uh, it's, it's quite magnificent. Is there anything in the works for you as a filmmaker? Are you, are you, um, yeah, I'm actually developing something. Okay. I'm working uh, a few years back. I created something called Jedi camp, which yeah. was, it was a kid's, right? Yeah, yeah. It was a kid's six episode web series right. and it was based on sort of George Lucas creates the first camp for kids with the force and yeah. it's sort of an anti-bullying quick six episode little web series. Right. I'm now developing with a friend of mine, it's called The Princess is a Jedi, mm. which I'm hoping will be a six-episode musical comedy about female empowerment. Nice. I'm hoping to work with, you know, four or five uh, great female actor-slash-singers that will help me create this really sort of interesting fan film web series. Oh, nice. Fantastic. Yeah, Ooh. so we're, we're hoping to go into Kickstartering and crowdfunding sometime later this year and hope to shoot 
later in the year and maybe have something ready for next year. My God, that's fantastic. Well, Godspeed on that. That sounds great. Wow. Very good stuff. I tend to do stuff that has a good, um, you know, importance, significance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, awesome. especially with, you know, with the women's March yesterday. And this yeah. is something that I've been developing now for like over a year that it's just, you know, it, it was the idea of that, you know, in the superhero world, there's not a whole lot of sort of empowered females and, there's always this sort of man versus woman thing. And, you know, as a, as a man, which I am, I thought, wouldn't it be a cool idea to not only create a web series that empowers sort of superhero-esque women, but also they would all co-write and help in the presentation of it because they are women and I won't have the exact same experience in life that they do. Well, um, yeah, Godspeed with that. And Bill, God, I want to thank you again, you know, for coming on this podcast it has certainly been a treat and folks if you've you know heard something from bill that sparked your interest make sure you submit to one of these festivals we got the philly one coming up very soon and if you're in the area make sure you attend the la festival as well uh, he puts on a, a great program it's a great way to connect and meet into filmmakers that are making a difference and that are creating good content so Make sure you, I'll just use the hashtag. I think the hashtag sums it up. Support indie film, folks. And on that note, that was Bill Ostroff. My gosh. Support indie film, folks. And we will be back with more after this break. You are listening to the Cinema After Dark podcast. My name is Max Cole and I host this show. Hopefully you are feeling inspired. It's been a wonderful time this evening. I want to thank you for listening to this program. Make sure you tell someone how to follow this show on Twitter at Cinema After Dark. You can also subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Again, thanks for listening. We'll be back with more shortly. Welcome back to the Cinema After Dark podcast. Before we wrap, I want to thank our guest tonight, Mr. Bill Ostroff. What a wonderful, wonderful discussion that was. My goodness. Make sure you check out the First Glance Film Festival. It's one of the rare gems out there. Certainly one of the best festivals, in my opinion, out there. So make sure.